At Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to read verses 8, 9, and 10. The scripture saith, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. The first three verses of this chapter are introductory, and then we noted uh, the next uh, verses 4 through 31, deal with a number of different individuals and how their faith was used of the Lord and how that faith can be an example to others. We've been working on this series, looking at the subject of living by faith. Last Sunday, we started with this passage of scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, beginning with verse 8, Abraham, the father of believers. Abraham obeyed God in an amazing way. In verses 8, 9, and 10, he believed God when he didn't know where. Verses 11 and 12, he believed God when he didn't know how. Verses 13 through 16, he believed God when he didn't know when. And verses 17 through 19, he believed God when he didn't know why. His faith was so celebrated in the Old Testament times that we said in Numbers, uh, Nehemiah chapter 9, his, he was mentioned in the great Levitical prayer of confession during the dedication of the temple uh, that uh, had been rebuilt. Uh, we also emphasize the fact that the New Testament holds him up as a great example of faith. Galatians chapter 3 verse 6 says, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Verse 7, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. That sentiment is repeated also in the book of Romans, and thus leads us to give Abraham the title, The Father of Believers. Last uh, Sunday, we spent time looking at the subject of Abraham, and he had a listening faith. According to verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. We said there are four other aspects of Abraham's faith that we'll look at in this series. Dealing with Abraham had a leaving faith. Abraham had a living faith. Abraham had a looking faith, and he had a lasting faith. Today, we're going to deal with the second part, or the last part, of verse 8, and consider the fact that Abraham had a leaving faith. Now, as we left off last Sunday, we emphasized, of course, the idea that Abraham heard God's command, and he obeyed. And then it brings us this morning to this point. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. Abraham was given a command, and he obeyed. That's an amazing thing about it. But he also had God's promise of provision. This is actually referring to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, Unto a land that I will show thee. 
And I also mentioned that I'm going to refer to him as Abraham throughout this series rather than bouncing back and forth chronologically to when he was called Abram and then he was called Abraham. So understand that. Just refer to him. It'll be easier to refer to him as Abraham the whole time. But the command was get out. And the promise was, I will show thee. You know, this is where a lot of us as Christians go wrong. We hear the command, but we fail to see the promise. Abraham saw that promise by faith. And in fact, a lot of us also get tripped up in this. We will hear the command, but we expect the promise to be provided first and thus will be motivated to obey God. You know, that's not the way the Lord works. That God tells us to obey and then he blesses us for doing so. Genesis chapter 12 verse 4 says, So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. You know, if that could be said about every one of us as Christians, we'd be a whole lot better off in our daily life. That we did as the Lord spoke to us. There, uh, the lesson here applicable to two different groups of people. And we're going to look at that this morning in regard to Abraham having a leaving at faith and see how we might apply that to our lives. The second group would be those who heard God and left the old ways of life and trusted Christ or followed Christ for salvation. The second group would be those who trust Christ for direction in their lives as believers. So Abraham heard the command of God, and he left his homeland. How do we do in that area? Well, every one of us who has trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, may I say this, it is my desire, it is my prayer that all of us know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. I hope every one of us are clear, settled, and certain on that matter. But when we heard the gospel message at whatever point in time it was in our life, I know a number of you here were saved as children, others were saved as teenagers, and the rest were saved in their adult life. But whether young or older, we heard that message, the good news that Jesus saves. And that message was given that we in turn might know that God provided a way of salvation for everyone in this world. This passage dealing with Abraham beautifully illustrates the life of of a person who recognizes the world has nothing to offer and who left that behind and chose to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. He has everything to offer. Now think about this command that was given. When Abram, Abraham was told that he had to leave his homeland, he had left his country, the Ur of the Chaldees, and we know that he took his father with him and moved up to Haran and lived there for 15 years. Then when his father died, he moved on and headed toward the land of promise. He left behind family, friends, familiar locations. Think about it. That was his homeland. And God said, I want you to get out. I want you to move and go somewhere else. 
I'm guessing that all of us, or at least the vast majority of us, know what it means to leave, to pack up and leave and move from one place to another. There's a great deal of change associated with that. And whatever the circumstances for your making that move, I think you'll agree with me that life was different after you left where you had been living. We know that's what it's like for someone who comes to the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. The Bible tells us if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The invitation that Jesus Christ offers to the world, by the world, every missionary that we support or every missionary that's serving around the world, if they're doing so for God and his glory and they're bearing the right message, they're saying the same thing there that we say here. Repent and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You know what the word repent means? It means to change your mind or change direction. The idea that in this life we are following the world. We are going after the things of this life that grant pleasure. But you know those things cannot satisfy. They can't give us that which we need that fills the void in our heart and life. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can do that. And when he says repent, he's telling us to change our mind about ourselves and about this world and turn to him. And all of us who have done so, we know exactly what that means. It means we've trusted him and we are trusting him alone to get us to heaven. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Well, the offer has been made. And everyone who trusts Christ as Savior, they receive that free gift of eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But in receiving Christ, it means we're turning our back on the world and we're turning to him. We're leaving behind us those things of the old life, the old nature, the old man. Now, wouldn't it be wonderful if when we get saved, God did away with that old nature? He doesn't though. We still have to deal with it. We still have to struggle with that old man of sin. Thanks be to God who giveth us the victory. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. When we say that we're trusting Christ to get us to heaven, we're not saying that because we believe ourselves to be perfect or better than someone else. No, we're saying that because we have trusted in him and him alone for our eternal life. Well, leaving behind the world. Abraham pictured one who trusts Christ as Savior, leaving behind the old life and heading toward a city whose builder and maker is God. And aren't you glad today that that invitation has been made available to everyone? 1 Thessalonians 1.9 says, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Anyone who accepts that message of redemption can be saved. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In fact, the, in fact, the message that 
Paul preached, uh, we see emphasized in Acts chapter 16, he said to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me or that is in Christ. The good news is that anyone and everyone can be born again. Jesus Christ is the propitiation for our sins and not ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world, according to 1 John chapter 2. The Bible tells us, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So when someone trusts Christ as his or her Savior, they're turning their back on the world and turning to Christ and following the Lord and heading toward that eternal city glory, heaven, the city of gold, however you might refer to it, but it is the home of the Lord Jesus Christ and will will one day be our home. Abraham, God said, I want you to leave this land, your homeland, that which you're familiar with, and I want you to follow me. Everyone who's trusted Christ, we have not seen Jesus with our physical eyes. We have not heard him physically with our ears. We've not had an opportunity to glimpse glimpse into that city of gold, looking past the pearly gates and seeing the throne of heaven, but all with our eye of faith. Like Abraham, we've turned from this world and we look for that city of God. Abraham is a wonderful picture of those who turn their back on this world and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. But not only that, He's a wonderful picture of those who trust Christ for their direction. God said, I want you to leave. And Abraham left. God said, I'm going to provide for you in the way. I'll show you the way. You know, for us, as we have trusted Christ as our Savior and thus entered into our walk of faith, we don't know what's ahead. How many of us have said, I had no idea when I first got saved how the Lord was going to work in my life? Isn't it wonderful to see what God has done along the way in caring for us, providing for us, protecting us, directing us, how God helps his own? What a joy to know we have such a wonderful Savior. Foolish it would be for someone to trust Christ as their Savior and say, all right, God, I want you to tell me exactly how this is going to go. (laughs) We want God to give us a set of instructions that goes step one, two, three, four, five, all the way down through the end. And this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to take place today. This is tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, and so on. And we would prefer that God just lays it all out for us. I think some of us would uh, take a look at what he had down the road for us and say, there's no way I want to do that. But oh, how God shows us his will for our lives a step at a time. Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. You know, when we follow the Lord's direction and guidance in our lives, when we turn our back on the world, not only in regard to salvation, but also in regard to satisfaction, when we say no to the pleasures and the allures of sin and iniquity, when we say, I'm going to follow God and walk in the way of righteousness, we find that we can be ever pleased with the Lord in the way. 
What a good and gracious God he is. I believe that's one reason David would say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How God took care of, provided, and protected David along the way. And the Lord does the same for every one of his children. Now that's not to say life won't be difficult. That's not to say there won't be hardships along the way. That's not to say the journey won't be rock with pitfalls and rocks and detours and dangers. But it is to say that God watches over his own each step of the way. You see, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. We're warned that we not consider it strange when we fall into divers' temptations. God said, many have struggled before you, and I've taken care of them. I'll do the same for you. Proverbs 16, verse 9 says, A a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Are we willing, as God's children, to lead us as we go on our day-to-day journey, waiting for the Lord to call us home? Someone once said a, a definition of faith is living without conniving, without trying to make things happen the way I want them to go. I think if Abraham had his druthers, when God said, you go, and I'll let you know when you get there, I think Abraham would rather have had a a game plan in mind, don't you? I mean, how many times have you, as a, a couple or a family, gone on a vacation or a trip, and you've hopped in the car and said, you know, we're just going to go ahead and put the car in gear, we're going to step on the gas, and we're just going to go ahead and see where it takes us. <laughs> I assure you, if we plan on a family vacation like that, my wife would have choked me. <laughs> That's, uh, where are we going to go? How long is it going to take to get there? Where are we going to stay? What are we going to do? Those are things that cross our mind when planning a trip, when looking forward to doing something. Abraham didn't get any of that. God said, go. And when you get there, you can stop. A life of faith not only listens to the Lord, but also steps out in obedience and leaves behind those things that God said, let go of, and heads on doing what God wants us to do. What a tremendous example of faith in this man, Abraham. You see, faith not only um, obeys regardless of evidence, faith also acts regardless of conditions. How many times have we said, God, I will, if. Lord, I will, but. No, God is looking for a man or a woman who will simply say, Lord, I will, period. No contraction, no qualifications, no demands, simple Obedience. 
Lord, I will do what you want me to do. Sometimes we want a roadmap. We want checkpoints. We want GPS. We want to make sure everything's going to be laid out according to what we think is best for our lives. I mean, let's face it. When you go on a, on a trip somewhere, whether it's a short one or a long one, and you know that there is a traffic situation, construction, or some sort of detour in that path, don't you make an effort to find another way to go? God said, I want you to go not knowing what's ahead. And if you do come to a detour, if you do come to a traffic jam, if you do come to some construction site, that's okay. He said, I'll let that happen. And when we learn God allows things to come into our lives for our good and his glory, then we can better accept those things that come into our ways. So many times we talk about the problems, the difficulties, the heartaches, the struggles, the pains, all the things that go against us. Someone says, That's not, those aren't oppositions, those are opportunities. You know, an opportunity for us to trust the Lord and see how he's going to work things out. You know, Abraham's journey from Haran to the, uh, the promised land was over 400 miles. And a good bit of that was desert. There were no clear paths, roads laid out at the time. People just kind of went on their way. Think about what it was like for the early pioneers in our country who set out in their Conestoga wagons or on horseback or on foot and they simply headed west because they knew there was opportunity beyond the journey. You know, for us, God lays many opportunities before us, but you have to make that journey of faith. You have to take that first step in order to benefit from what God has in store for us in the coming days. William Fonts has been credited with saying, no man can follow God and go astray. George Truitt wonderful preacher of yesteryear said to know the will of God is the greatest knowledge to find the will of God is the greatest discovery and to do the will of God is the greatest achievement a whole lot of folks are talking about what they could do or would like to do but all it is that man or that woman who steps out by faith and obeys God can do more than just talk about what's ahead. The command of Genesis 12 is a strange one indeed, but it emphasizes the importance of trusting God whether we understand his purpose or not. How are you with that thought? God, I will obey. I don't understand. I don't see how. I don't have all the answers. But I will obey. Abraham did exactly that and gave us a wondrous example of one who had a listening faith. But even beyond that, he had a leaving faith, willing to go where God told him to go. I'll close with this illustration. Stories told of General Douglas MacArthur, one of the greatest military minds of our nation's history, 
But while a student at uh, West Point, uh, he had a particularly difficult class. And this is how he relays this story. The first section was studying the time-space relationship, later formulated by Einstein as his theory of relativity. (laughs) The text was complex, and being unable to comprehend it, I committed the pages to memory. When I was called upon, I stood and solemnly reeled off almost word for word what the book said. Our instructor, Colonel Feiberger, looked at me quizzically and he asked, do you understand this theory? (laughs) MacArthur said, it was a bad moment for me. But he said, no, sir, I don't. You could have heard a pin drop, he tells. And then he said, I braced myself for what, uh, for what was ahead. And then the slow words of the professor were, neither do I, Mr. MacArthur. Section dismissed. He didn't understand it, but he was willing to do his best to learn it. For us, we may not understand everything God has ahead for us, but it would do well for us to obediently follow God's direction and allow him to work out the details and to grant understanding when he is ready. You know, some things in life we'll never understand, but as God's children, we're expected to obey them whether we understand them or not. That's how this chapter begins. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. George Mueller said, faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. Abraham had faith to leave behind the things of this world and follow the Lord. For every one of us who have trusted Christ as Savior, we have left the old behind And now we are new creatures in Christ. And as those new creatures in Christ, we ought to be choosing to leave behind the things of this world and trust him in our daily walk until he calls us home. Amen.